Parshas Vaschanon Revi. This is the fourth section in the portion of Vaschanon. This is Dvorim Perik Hey Pasuk Aleph. This is chapter five, verse one. We're continuing now. Vayikra Moshe El Kol Yisrael. Moshe calls to all of Israel. So it looks like that up till here, as we learned in the previous parsha in Pasuk Memhei. Uh, chapter 4, Dalat Memhei, over there it says, That's the summary at that as we learned in the beginning of the Parshas Devarim, when the uh, gathering that Moshe Rabbeinu gathered the Jewish people together, and he told them, that was the first day of Shvat. Here it looks like is again another calling. He calls them again. And this is at a separate meeting at the time. And we don't find this so many different times that he, how to break it up in the different times. But here, the Torah begins this new section in which we're going to discuss the Aseris Hadibris that Moshe Rabbeinu is going to recount the story of the Aseris Hadibris. So over here, Seems like it was a new calling of Moshe called Kol Yisrael, all of Israel. And Rashi already explained earlier in Pasha's Dvarim that it was necessary to have all Israel there, so as if anybody had something to say, they should say it then, uh, as Rashi explained in the beginning of Pasha's Dvarim. So, so he says to them, Shma Yisrael esachukim vesamishpotim, listen Israel to the statues to the laws that I speak in your ears today that I'm telling you today so you will study them and then you will guard to keep them Rashi in Parshas uh, there the Pasuk says uh, to keep the mitzvahs, and in Bechokoyseh Talaychu was translated as learning Torah. So Rashi says over there, have a moilim bat Torah. If you put effort and learn, put hard work into the Torah for the purpose of guarding and observing. So he says, as the Pasik says, Ulamadetem oisom, Ushmartem lasoisom, as in our Pasik, that you shall study them and to keep them. It means both that a that the purpose of your learning should not be for learning itself, but and b that the only way you can do shmartem if you know uh, what to do, what to do, uh, so you need to be able to shmartem The pasuk introduces that you will study them first. Moshe Rabbeinu continues, it says, Hashem Eleikeinu Koras Imonu Bris Bechoyrev. God, our God, formed a covenant with us in Choyrev. That's Mount Choyrev, that is Sinai. As we know, we read in the end of the Parshish Mishpatim, the entire uh, story, how Hashem made the covenant with them, and Vayikach Sefer Habris, and Vayikach Moshe Sadom, Vayizrech Alaom, Hinedam Habris, over there in Pasuk Ches and Pasuk Tes, uh, 
um, in um, in Perik of Dalit. So in in in, in Parshim Mishpatim at the end. So he's recounting that Hashem has made this covenant, has formed the covenant with them in Chodov. And the Pasuk Gimel continues, It's not with our fathers, as Rashi inserts the word, not with our fathers alone did God form the covenant. So don't think that it was a covenant that was made with the parents for their generations, but it was actually with us, with with us, and those who are here today, we're all alive. Uh, Hashem formed that covenant. We were there. Moshe Rabbeinu is telling to the people uh, at the time that the covenant was made at Chayrev. Rashi Rashi adds the word bilvad because it with us. So we are actually the ones that made the covenant with Hashem. Verse 4. Face to face, God spoke to you. Spoke with you. Bahar on the mountain from amidst the fire. So basically, as Rashi explains, what is the Pasik trying to tell us over here? Ponim Ponim. Omar Abrachya says Rabbiachya, Kach Omar Moshe, so said Moshe. When he's saying to them that face to face, Al Toimru, Animata Eschemaloidovor, do not say that I am making you mistaken for nothing, which means Rashi explains, like the middleman, when he tries to make a deal between the seller and the buyer, and he wants to sell the buyer's merchandise, uh, the, the, the seller, he wants to sell for the seller to the buyer, so he exaggerates and he tells them, he's mata, he tricks them a little bit by over exaggerating on the value or what he's selling. That's the Sirsur does when he is in the middle between the seller and the buyer. He's trying to make the deal to inflate the moicher and the value to get the loikeach to purchase it. So he is uh, doing things in a uh, tricking them in a way. But the but the Ebrister says here is no middle person. There is the seller, God Himself is speaking to you. So it's not me trying to tell you something, it's God Himself. I was standing in between you, between Hashem and you, at that time to tell you the words of Hashem. And this is actually what Rashi meant before the Torah introduces it. So Moshe Rabbeinu did work as a sirsur, which means to a certain extent that he presented the Dvar Hashem to the Yidin from, Hash, from Hashem. He was Oymid ben Hashem Benechem. But yet, at the same time, it was Ponim Bifonim, as we know that Rashi brought down previously, and we'll see later on, uh, that 
there was the first dibrays that we heard them directly from Hashem. And as we know, as the Rambam brings down, that Torah from the Gemara, that Torah is Bigimatria 611, that 611 of the mitzvahs is Sivalonu Moshe, came through Moshe, because the Gemara has either is 613, the two mitzvahs we heard directly from Hashem. So Lechayre, the Ponim, Bifonim, Dibar Hashem, Mochem, that is referencing to the first two Dibres of Anoichi V'layilacha. But then further it was Anoichi Oimid Ben Hashem, Ben Eichem Beisahi, Lahagid Lachem, Ezdvar Hashem, Ki Yireisem Ipnei Ha'esh, because you were fearful from the fire, V'loi Alisem Bohor, and you did not go up to the mountain, just Moshe Rabbeinu went up to the mountain, but when he's saying that that's even besides that going on to the mountain as we read in the Parsha of Shemois in the, in the Parshas of Yisra so over there we see that in the beginning when Hashem started to speak the Bnei uh, Yisrael came to Moshe uh, Rabbeinu and they said to him uh, we can't handle this uh, this is too much so they were afraid uh, uh, they were that was the big age that was they saw the whole great fire over there so they asked Moshe Rabbeinu to speak so uh, he was standing in between them uh, and Lamer. Uh, now the Lamer is not is the end of the previous posik. As Rashi will explain, Hashem spoke to you face to face from the fire to say, and what is it going to be to say? The first Aseres Adibra. So, but Lamer Hashem was saying to you. See the Rashi. Hey Lamer. Musav al posik dalad. This references. This goes back to the verse dalad before. Daber diber Hashem imochem b'har mitoycha eish. Leimer to say as the following posik posik vava noichi Hashem v'goimer. That's the posik leimer. And then v'noichi oimet ben Hashem benechem. I was standing in between you, between Hashem and I'm being with you. By the way, the psukim, the way we have them separated over here, is the way uh, called the um, the the tam uh, tachten, the um, the regular. So we divide the psukim in this way, but tam elyin, the psukim are divided a little bit different. That's the trupped way you read it in the shul, based upon. The various different these are divided by psukim or we divided by dibris, but this is uh, not the place for the discussion now. So now we're going to Hashem tells them Lamer. Moshe Rabbeinu is telling the Yidden that I was standing between you and them, and Hashem told me to tell you what. So it says, Anoichi Hashem Elikecho Meretz Mitzrayim I am God, your God, who has taken you out from the land of Egypt from the house of servitude, from being slaves. Now Rashi will say in a few psukim that he had already explained the Aseres Hadibris 
in Parshas Shemois, where they appear the first time. And he's not going to explain them here, besides a couple of things, and also there's a few changes. It's mostly the same, but there is a few changes in the Aseris Hadibras, the way they appear in Moshe Rabbeinu's repetition, the way they'll before. It's most, the beginning, it's like a vav, it's very small, but when it comes, for example, to the Mitzvah of Shabbos, uh, there is a, uh, a bigger difference with Adibur about Shabbos between the way it was written over there. And, and the Gemara already um, makes at length the chilukim, the differences between the two uh, times that the Dibras were mentioned over here and before. But uh, Rashi will talk about a few of them. But um, in, in, in previously, Rashi explained that why is Hashem saying, um, that I am God who is taking you out from the land of Egypt, to basically say that because I took you out of the land of Egypt, that's why uh, you ought to uh, be uh, indebted, enslaved to me, to uh, do my uh, mitzvahs. And another shot Rashi brings also down, that it's the same God, because over here, um, in the, it says, by Matan Torah, God appeared to them as an all-merciful God, and... Um, they saw Hashem as a warrior, and he's saying, Hashem it's the same God who was the warrior, and uh, that's the same God who is, at the time, the merciful one, as uh, Rashi brings down over there, that Hashem has shown, uh, appeared to them like a uh, person, uh, as somebody full with mercy. Um, and there's another uh, uh, hint over here, Beisavodim, that it was the house of slaves that were not, within Egypt itself, they were slaves to Pharaoh. Uh, but um, they were not actually slaves to, uh, within Pharaoh. In other words, Pharaoh's slaves did not enslave the Jewish people. The Jewish people were slaves to Pharaoh directly, as the Rashi points over there to the Pasuk later on in Devarim, it says, In any event, the Pasuk continues and says, There shall be to you no other gods on my face. So what does he add with the words Alponai? So Rashi says, Alponai is Bechol Mokoyim Asher that would mean any place where I am, in other ways of saying, by my face, where I, where I exist, where I am, since God is everywhere, that would be the whole world. God is in every part of the world. So if it wouldn't say Alponai, maybe one would learn only in the Beis Hamikdash, in Eretz Yisrael, wherever. But he says Alponai, on my face, wherever I am. Another interpretation, Rashi says, another interpretation. Alponai means not only in this context, not space as in the first one, but actually in time, for as long that as I exist, which basically Hashem exists eternally. So basically it means you can never make, the first one says no, no space, and then in no time. And the Rashi has that Aseres Adibre is Kvar Pirashtim, 
I already explained. And Rashi is basically trying to tell you that he's not going to explain it again over here. It's interesting that in Parshas Mishpatim, over there Rashi only says, the Pshat Apona calls Manshani Kayim for as long as I'm existent. And Rashi translates over there, Shaloi Toimar, that don't say that the only ones that were commanded was that generation and not further so Hashem says as long as I exist which is basically the second shot over here but not the first shot over there is to reconcile these differences the meaning of the word uh, Rashi explains over there um, that they're called Achedim, not, you can't say they're not gods, because that would be uh, disrespect uh, to Hashem to say there's other gods. We're talking about uh, these are Elikim, that Achedim made Elikim. Elikim Achedim are not other gods, but they're gods that are made by other, or Elikim Achedim that they are others to those who worship them because they uh, yell out to them and they don't respond to them. So they're Achedim as if they don't know who they are. Uh, Rashi over there also explains what the uh, meaning of lo um that shouldn't be, that later on the Pasuk says don't make. So this Pasuk is coming also to tell you that not only you can't make of these Vodazara, uh, but you're not allowed to even have somebody else make it for you. And even though you didn't make it, you can't possess it, uh, you can't own it. Uh, that's why it says also lo not to be to you. Further pasiches, loisas lecha pesel, kol tumuna. Don't make any uh, statue of any image. Asher b'ashamayim imal, which is in the heavens above. Asher ba'oritz mitachas, or what's in the ground below. Asher b'mayim mitachas la'oritz, and that which is in the water, which is beneath the ground. Um, the real reason we call it a pesel, uh, Rashi explained over there, is because they are carved out. They're like psal lecha, that the pesel. And um, when it says Chol um over here, um, it's um, one of the, over uh, there in the Mishpatim, it says V'chol Over here it says Kol a Pesel Kol um, So, uh, over here it seems that the Pesel is made out of a Tumunah. Over there, V'chol means that it's also any other image that is Bashamay Mumal, we got a uh, uh, think about and figure out with the Mephorshim uh, the differences between the wording over here and over there. Further, Pasik test, do not bow down to them, and do not worship them. Because for I am God, your God, El Kano, I am a God of who is zealous. I remember, remembers the sin of the fathers. Albonim for the sons, Val Shileshim for the third generation, that's the sons' sons, Val Ribeim, and on the fourth generation, that is Lisoinoi, for those who hate me. As Rashi is explained in, in the Parsha's Mishpotim, uh, that that means that uh, Hashem uh, is zealous to punish and will not forgive uh, for the worship of Avaidazara. And that will also be lesoinoi, uh, not that the children will pay for the sins of the parents, but rather when the children are soinoi as well, when they hold on to the acts of their fathers. So that's what Hashem says, that He will uh, 
uh, remember an exact payment from them as well, uh, even though because they have their own sins, but I guess to that will add also the sins of their parents. But God says that He will do kindness to thousands. That's two thousand. It will be two thousand generations. Uh, that's a lot greater. Uh, the measure for good kindness that Hashem does is for those who love me and those who keep my mitzvahs. Rashi explained over there that Hashem. Uh, keeps the kindness and the payback for somebody who does good that the pay of the reward lasts for 2,000 generations. So it turns out, as Rashi says there, that the good measure is 500 times more because over here it's four generations uh, that Hashem remembers the sins. But over here, uh, over here it's for 2,000 generations. Later on in Pashas Vazchanon and Posik Tes, over there the Posik says that Hashem guards the Bris Vechesed Loyavov, Ulushemre Mitzvaisov, it says Le'elevdor for thousand generations. Here we're talking about two thousand generations. Rashi comments over there that because our Posik it's next to Oyavoy and those who serve God of love, so they actually, their kindness extends to a thousand, two thousand generations. Over there, when it talks about Shemir Mitzvah, it's talking about one who does it out of fear. And that actually only lasts for uh, 1,000 generations. Pasig Yudalef. Lo Sisa Hashem Hashem Lekechalashov. You shall not carry the name of God your God in vain. Kilo Yinaki Hashem. For God will not wipe away or clean or forgive. Eisashir. To the one who carries his name in vain. Guard the Shabbos day to sanctify it. As God, your God, has commanded you. So, first, Rashi wants to know, is wondering, this is different than what we learned in the Aserus Hadibris in Parshish Yisrael. Over there it says Zohar. And here it says Shomer. Zohrashi, Shomer, Uberishayna Suaimer, and that's in Shmois Perichov, Posikhez. At the first Luchas it says, the first ten saying, it says Zohar. Moshe is repeating that which Hashem has said to him then. So how come he's saying here, guard the Shabbos when Hashem said there, Zohar? So Rashi says, Shneihem b'dibur echad. Both the Shomer, guard, and Zohar, remember Shabbos, guard Shabbos. Remember Shabbos, we're saying in one saying, so it's one dibur. And Rashi has, Ubeteva achas, it's actually one word. Shomer, Zohar, never were said. Ubeshmi achas, nimushmu, and they were also listened to it, one. So it's really one and the same, but I guess when you speak, and when the Torah writes it out, they has to write it separately, so it chose to write over there the word uh, Zohar, and over here the word Shomer. Rashi in Parshas um, Yisrael explains that these two Lashovs over here mean different things. There's different gears in Rashi over there, but one of them, Lashov, and then again, 
One of them means uh, to swear falsely, and one of them means to swear in vain. Uh, falsely means to say something not true in God's name, and lashov in vain would mean even if you swear something which is accurate, but there's no purpose for that shavua. Like Rashi brings the example, saying that this is out of wood and it's wood. And there's no point in using Hashem's name. That's also included in this Lashov over here, which the Pasuk is saying that you cannot do. So this has to do with the previous Pasuk, Pasuk Yudal. We're doing Pasuk Yud Beis now. So we're talking about the Shomer Hashem Shabbos Lekatsha. It says, Kasher Tzivcha Hashem Lekecha. As God your God has instructed you. Now this is the first uh, commandments that we are hearing from Hashem over here, the Ten Commandments. It's the first is saying to you over here that you should keep the Shabbos as God has already instructed you. So Rashi says, what does it mean, Kasher Tzivcha? When, when did Hashem instruct you that? And Rashi explains that that was done before Matan Torah at Mora, when the Jewish people stopped by Mora and there was no water to drink over there. Uh, and um, uh, later on, Rashi is going to say, actually, the same thing is true with regards to Kibbut Aim, where also the Pasuk says, Kasher Tzivcha Hashem Elokecha, and Rashi is going to say there too, they were commanded by Mora, but over there Rashi brings uh, the Pasuk over there, not just saying that it was by Mora, but Rashi also brings there, Pasuk says, Shom Som Loi Choyku Mishpat, that of Hashem, placed for them over there for the Bnei Yisrael this was in Mora which preceded uh, Har Sinai and before closer to uh, when they left Mitzrayim shortly afterwards um, and um, um, and that was the time it was Kasher Tzivcha over here Rashi doesn't bring down the uh, the other Pasuk Shom Somloi and uh, that's another discussion uh, just Rashi says that this word that Hashem commanded that was Bemora. Also, the Gemara in Brachas Davchofa Medbeis learns that women are also obligated in Kiddush because Zocher v'Shomer called the Isnu b'Shmira. Shmira is guarding the Shabbos, uh, the against doing Melacha on Shabbos, and if you are obligated in Shmira, you're also obligated in uh, Kiddush uh, Zocher, which is also the idea of Kiddush. Um, Six days you shall work and you do all your all your work. And uh, Rashi explains in Parshas Yisroi that what this means is that everything should be considered done when you come Shabbos. Because how is it possible to say you do six weeks and you do all the work? Who gets everything done? But it means it should be considered when you come to Shabbos. Don't worry about a thing. Don't worry, don't think about work. Everything should be like it was done already. And the seventh day should be a resting for God, your God. Don't do any work, all kinds of work. Your son and your daughter, your male servant, and your female servant, and your ox, and your donkey, and all of your animals, and the convert that is within your gates, so that your servant and maid servant will also rest just like you do. 
Now, um, this Pasuk is a little bit different than the Pasuk over here. Like I mentioned, the Gemara uh, talks about the different uh, the different wording over here, but the Bincho Vetecho, that it says here, your son and your daughter, Rashi says that that is a referencing to the small children, our minors, because the adults are instructed just like in all the Torah, so they're already instructed. But uh, this is an instruction for parents to see to it that their children keep the Shabbos as well. Um, that's why it says, Ato Bincho Vitecho. The adult children are automatically commanded in the mitzvah, uh, as their parents are once they're adults. Pasuk Tezvav You will remember, you should remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And God, your God, has taken you out over there with a strong hand with an outstretched arm that's why God, your God, commanded you to do the Shabbos. And um, Rashi explains over here, why does Torah say, Zacharto, you should remember, that was the condition that he redeemed you. That you're going to be for him a servant. So you were an Evid over there. So he took you out of there to make him your Evid, the Tishma Mitzvah, and that you will keep his mitzvahs. Again, as I mentioned before, this is a little different than it says in the Pasuk before. Like over here in, in, in Yisrael, over here it says, We don't find it over there. Over there it says, And various different uh, of the mitzvahs, the way they appear over there, and uh, they um, are appearing the second time. Pasuk the Zion, Honor your father and your mother. As God, your God has commanded you. So that your days will be long. And so that it should be good for you. On the land. That God, your God, gives to you. So Rashi explains as he has instructed you. Again, where does it find the mitzvah of Kibbut Aim? So he says, that also for honoring one's father and mother, they were instructed in Mora. Shenema, Rashi brings the Pasuk in Shmois, over there he placed them a statue in the law. Those was referencing to the time they were in Mora. So that means that the halachas were given to them at that time. In Parshish Yisrael, Rashi also points out, if you honor, but if you don't honor, they actually become shorter because from the Torah we learn out from the positive, we also learn out the other side. So if you get long life for honoring, if you don't honor, then your life is caught, is shortened. Don't murder. That's having a relationship with a married woman. With somebody else's wife. Not to steal. As we learn out, that really means stealing people uh, in which there is a death penalty. It's also different than uh, the other uh, Pasuk. In our Pasuk, it actually says, 
a false witness. Over there it says a shaker, a false witness, but uses a different lashon over there. Uh, also, Rashi emphasizes in both places Leitinov that it means an Ashes Ish. Over here, Rashi says Leitinov in Lashon Niuf Elevation Ish. The language of Niuf only applies to a married woman, which means another extramarital affair is not considered Niuf, but this is called Niuf. But why does Rashi have to this point interpret in both places? That needs to uh, be further examined. And as I mentioned, the Gneva here is talking about Gneva Snefesh, as Rashi explains over there the proof that we're talking about something stealing a person, not stealing something from a person, which would make you liable for the death penalty. Shall not lust the uh, your friend's wife. Should not desire your friend's house. Sadeu his field, Vaabdo his servant, Vamosi his male servant, Vamosi his female servant, Shoido his ox, Vachamoira and his donkey, Vachola Shalreacha, and everything that belongs to your friend. And Rashi explained you, Chaz Veloisis Ave, Zakhtrashi, Loisach Veloisis Ave, don't desire, Zakhtrashi Loitirug, that means also not, uh, not lust. Just like the Pasik starts, Loisachmoid. Then it says, So it's, It's also lusting something, desiring, wanting, is like lusting, just like it says, Don't which is chamida. Rashi brings a proof, in the Pasuk Bereshi's base test, when it talks about that they saw the fruit in the Eitz Hadas, was uh, when Hashem put him that it was Nechmod Lamare, uh, that it was lust for the eye, so that means the Targum translates over there the margaig. Margaig and tisav is the same lamechzi. It's desirable for vision, which is also the lusting and the desire to see it. Also, the difference in the last pasuk between our parsha and the parsha's Yisrael, here the pasuk starts with Eishes Reyechov, Sachmoid, and then it goes to Beis Reyechov, Over there, it says Leisachmet Beis Reachad and also Leisachmet Eishes Reachad. Over there, he uses the lashon Leisachmet in all cases. So all these differences need to be explained. Why the, all these changes?